Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So Matt, bear in mind this is a family show. Yeah. Do you have any PG-13 rated Amsterdam stories to share with us? Um, I do actually. Go it was on. very funny that after the first goal went in, the Mora goal... Just a quick recap. I didn't manage to get a ticket, but I was in the pub and this guy lifted his mate up. There was a small table next to us with loads of beer on it. And he lifted his mate up onto his shoulder. And as he did, he slipped forward. Ooh. So it just looked like he picked him up and just body slammed him <laughs> onto this table. And it just exploded and went everywhere. But no, lots of lots of PG fun. Just There was no... No, I grow like from the Spurs yeah. fans. It was a really good away day. I was very jealous of you the other night. I was yeah. thinking, could you imagine your club doing that and then being in Amsterdam? It just doesn't yeah. get much better than that, <laughs> it does. does it really? Exactly. Yeah. You said all the ways yeah. <laughs> of all the cities to be in. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll come on to that in a little while. Uh, for now, welcome to this week's episode of the One Football Podcast. I'm Dan Burke. I'm joined by Champions League finalist, Matt Froelich. Yeah, it was all me. Late <laughs> substitute for the podcast today, Helga Voltman. Hey. And Podrick Whelan is back. Hello. And once again, we're coming at you on a Friday this week, and we're going to be looking back at what has genuinely been probably one of the most exciting weeks of football I can ever remember. Uh, we'll start with the Champions League and Liverpool's unbelievable 4-0 victory over Barcelona on Tuesday. Um, going into this game, did anybody think that Liverpool had any chance of mounting this comeback? Because I certainly didn't. No. I thought, I thought they had a chance of winning the game on the night. My issue was not conceding. I thought Liverpool could win. I thought... They're great at home. I just didn't think they wouldn't concede. I didn't expect the attack to be so poor from mm. Barcelona. I mean, with Divock Origi playing instead of Salah and no, yeah. no, and it just, I know, but even so, they're still a very good team, Liverpool. Well, yeah. yeah so, I mean, so. In hindsight, you have the, the kind of like it all points to it, you know, because like everything is against them, and then they kind of you know mount the comeback, but mm. uh, like, nobody really went into this kind of like, yeah, they're gonna make no. that. Yeah. <laughs> Four 0 <laughs> seems unlikely, but it's not about. Salah for me, you know, it's about Mane. Well, there, yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> well, Jurgen Klopp said before the game that Liverpool's objective was to win 4-0 or fail in the most beautiful way possible. And he was true to his word, wasn't he, Padraig? <laughs> no, not really. They kind of won in the most beautiful way possible, <laughs> well, yeah, didn't I guess they? They, was, they got the best, of, best <laughs> of both, yeah. They, uh, he's probably one of the few managers I could imagine being in that dressing room before it who... And he said it, he told them in the hotel the day before, if there's one group of players who I believe in, it's you guys. But I think it'd probably go back the same way for him, that he's one of the few managers who those players would look at and go, yeah, for you and with you, we, we can do this. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's still three days later and you're still almost lost for words at how, how they managed to pull it off. Well, that was going to be my next question. How did they do it? Was it pure heart and endeavour, Helga, or, or was it a... Uh, Tactical masterclass from Klopp. I don't think tactical masterclass catches it because like they they played really well in the first game as well. They just didn't score the goals then, and then I think it's just as soon as you have a goal after seven minutes, it's just it shifts, and then they came out in the second half, they they score again, and then it just all crumbles. I think that's that's basically the only way you can win a game like that if you if you need too much time to actually score, then it just becomes harder and harder. The other team becomes more confident, mm. and this just went the other way around. I think that's. I don't know Like, if there's a tactical explanation for it I, I think and I think I said it last week they followed the blueprint for comebacks 
Yeah, you yeah. said an early goal. Yeah, you get an early goal, you get the crowd there. behind you, yeah. you kick him down, right? And you space out the goals. You don't go for it all at once. Because if you're 4-0 up at half-time, Barcelona are going to come back. Yeah. You know, you save you save the last goal to the end. I mean, we'll get onto that with Spurs a little bit. But there's definitely a way of a comeback. Mm. And and Liverpool nailed it to a T yeah. with absolutely everything. Well, I feared for Liverpool when Andy Robertson went off injured at half-time. They brought Gini Wijnaldum on and that was probably the game-changing mm. moment, wasn't it? He scored two goals. So, you know, I, I would say that has probably had a lot to do with, with the comeback in the end, which was a bit of a blessing in disguise in the end. Um, I want to look at a couple of individual performances from Liverpool now. The first is Trent Alexander-Arnold. 20 years old, is he already at the point where we have to say he's world-class, would you say? I mean, his he, deliveries from wide areas are... Defensively, there's not many can fullbacks probably can do that. get better. There's probably, yeah. That is probably the one thing that you'd say he'll be world-class when he kind of develops that side of his game because like, it's crazy to even think of it now but Klopp dropped him at the new Camp for that game he, mm, and he yeah, obviously right, yeah, yeah. he obviously realised that that was the wrong thing to do put him back in at home and, and it worked so well but I think that is one thing that Klopp maybe doesn't have that trust in him for those kind of get, he, that's probably changed now <laughs> based on what he did but once he develops that side of his game then yeah he's, he's, he'll have it all because going mm. forward yeah, ability-wise, he's definitely up there. I'd say the best right-back England have now is Carl Walker. Would you? Yeah. Because I'd probably disagree. I'd probably say Alexander-Arnold at the moment. I think... Not Trippier? <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, uh, we'll keep this PG. Um, <laughs> Alexander-Arnold, ability-wise, has probably got more than Walker, but I think you mentioned it there that... Alexander-Arnold will completely learn because he's only 20 years old about the defending side of it and I don't even think Walker's that good defensively mm. um, but he's yeah he's fast. only 20 years old yeah. so Walker's 28 I believe something like that I think yeah, so yeah. yeah in 8 years time yeah Alexander-Arnold will be miles better I think as a footballer he's got more potential to be far better than Walker um, but yeah to already be close to him as, as England's two right backs now at 20 years old is is crazy he is some player I, I even think he could play in defence midfield he's got that level of ability and passing spray passes yeah. of course it was his corner for the fourth goal that was uh, the moment of genius that won the game apparently Liverpool's match analysts noticed last week that Barca are quite slow to get set up for a corner and they were instructing the ball boys to recycle the ball really quickly I mean that's just the sort of level of detail that really gets you, mm. gets you to these, these places doesn't it and the other player I wanted to talk about was um, Divock Origi uh, we mentioned him briefly earlier Helga you, you know you saw a bit of him in Germany last season was it when he was at Wolfsburg yeah. um, do you think he's a better a player than we perhaps give him credit for you know he was, he's, he was the forgotten man at Liverpool at the start of the season he scored against Everton in the derby this year he scored against Newcastle last week he scored twice against Barcelona I mean he has had now two decisive games I think like as well like in the, in the derby that they had mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand he's, he's not been consistently scoring at Wolfsburg even though they put him on the wing as well there a lot but I mean I don't know if like one or two games change like the whole perspective uh, the whole perception of a, of a player really but I think he's good to have as a backup probably I think he also has a different style of play than, than they normally have in the in the front three there so I don't think it's bad to have him on but yeah I don't think he's anywhere like exceeding expectations I think that's the yeah. expectation you have from a player at that club but he's a Liverpool legend <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's more way to write yourself into the history books that's it <laughs> um, but what happened to Barcelona I mean they they are the world in their hands and they've let yeah. it slip through yeah. again for the second year running how, how did it happen I was honestly shocked 
I couldn't believe it. They couldn't even string two passes yeah. together. I don't. I don't. The thing is with Messi, when he has a quiet game and then, you know, pulls something out of the bag, you think, ah, it's classic Messi. But when he doesn't, shoots himself in the foot. Mm. But I didn't I didn't think particularly he was horrendous. If he'd have scored a goal, Messi, everyone would have been like, he's had a great performance. Mm. Like he had all of Barcelona's shots. You know, he really was trying to create. Um, I thought, rather oddly enough, Busquets was really poor. Mm. And normally you don't say that about him. Normally there's only... I think with Busquets, there's such a simplicity to his game that he can rarely have a shocker. Because if you just keep the ball moving and keep passing, he's not going to completely forget that. But he almost did. Mm. Though Coutinho was completely ineffectual. Suarez as well. Jordi Alba. Yeah, Jordi... Two mistakes. The funny thing about Jordi Alba, was discussing this yesterday, he defensively was poor. Two mistakes, two goals. He was their best attacker. Every single time the ball went forward, Alba seemed to be there. Mm. And I'm just thinking, God, I admire your effort, but you are the last person, aside from the other two centre-halves, who I want in this position. <laughs> you want an attacker in that position. And he just... It, it speaks a lot when your left-back's your best attacker. It says a lot about the yeah. rest of the team. But they were they were. But that's shocking. what cost them as well. Like, that one in the first half where Alba went through and just decided he was going to turn and pass yeah. look for Messi I, I think that was just a chance of someone who his team was 3-1 up on aggregate I think he goes that himself if he thinks that there's a chance that they might lose the game but trying that when you're like 3-1 up it was almost as if there was still that kind of oh, we'll be okay here mm-hmm. There's we'll just lay this one off and, and get it through but I agree with that I thought Busquets was and I, I almost think he's been like that for a while now. You can see him starting to creak. I mm. thought something needs to change with him because I thought the whole point that they signed Artur last summer was he was going to be like the Xavi replacement. He played 15 minutes over these two games, two massive semi finals, and he's like the kind of guy I think you'd kind of calm the game down when mm. it's starting to go starting to go against them, especially after they conceded the two goals in quick succession. And he kind of Valverde just let it go, but that wasn't his only mm. mistake, I suppose, on the night. He had he had a few, but that he just seemed to drift same. through the game for me, Barcelona. It was just a sort yeah. of there was almost like an arrogance to it. And even before the game, I know a club's social media account isn't necessarily reflective of the kind of mood of the team, but it was all like, Oh, well we're gonna score at least one goal tonight. It was a yeah. tweet that said yeah. that. They were sort of they just seemed a bit overconfident even like in the last like, ten minutes they were they needed the goals, they were just still knocking it around yeah, as if they no expected that yeah, yeah. the Stamford Bridge goal the Iniesta one we'll just keep passing it around and just like it did then the goal's going to come but Iniesta's gone Xavi's gone and this team is mm. it's, it's just not on that yeah. level at all is it? How much of a loss do you think Usman Dembele was Helga? I mean he, he got injured playing against a meaningless game against Celta Vigo at the weekend Barca just looked like they needed like a fast yeah, someone that, that can do something surprising maybe to, to break up anything or like, like just do something on, on his own because Messi tried it and then he, he he was the only one basically everybody was looking for him everybody was passing for him was basically just okay like if, if we can't find him then we have no one else and I think Dembele could have given them another option for it or at least try something on his own because he's also kind of like the, the guy to, to not care that much to just say okay I'll try whatever and, and, and if I succeed great if not then I'll try again so he has like that attitude so I think he could have helped on the other hand He's also depending on on what the other players do. If the, if the ball doesn't get to him, then yeah, I think the, I, it kind of seems like nobody could have saved that team on that night, you know, mm. on his own. 
but Dan Bailey perhaps could have saved Barcelona in the first leg <laughs> oh, yeah. when he misses oh, that yeah. chance oh, that to make it four 0 Scores oh. that. It's probably, Honestly, it's probably over, when isn't I watched it? that chance, I did think PK charging forward like a steam engine almost. Not you can't take the blame completely off Dan Bailey, but I do think maybe in the corner of his eyes, what is going on? Where is this guy coming from? <laughs> maybe put him off a little. But you're right; it was still an absolute oh. shocker. And it, <laughs> You didn't think it then, but yeah, it's, it's cost. <laughs> um, I mean, this Barcelona team, we've talked about them on the podcast this season, saying that they, you know, it's far from a vintage Barcelona team. It's it's messy and, and 10 others at times, it seems, isn't it? What does it say about this group of players that they've, for the second season running, they've, you know, been the victims of a horrible uh, comeback like this? Is it, is the players to blame for this? Is the manager to blame? Are both to blame? What, what Where do they go from here, basically? Um, I think when you compare the two sides, especially from Barcelona and Liverpool, the manager has to be to blame. Because if one manager can, you know, G his team up to win 4-0 in the second leg and the other one can't see his team through after two significant leads, 3-0 and is 4-1 against Roma yeah. mm-hmm. last season, I believe. The yeah. fact that a manager can't see those two through says a lot about him. Um, and yeah, it's magnified by the fact that on the, on the flip side, Jurgen Klopp can. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I don't know whether... I mean, you mentioned that they're too reliant on Messi, but I'm, I'm struggling to see what it is. I think a, a lack of leadership, maybe. Um, we look at the legends of the past in Barcelona; they seem to be have a bit more steel about them rather than just all good football, and they don't seem to have it. Mm. Unfortunately, it might as well be that they were, you know, in, in a sense, too confident as well. But mm. also, like that, like, as soon as that goal hit them. That everything came back from the last from the yeah. last year, and then it's just like okay, like we can't have this happen again. And we like, didn't suddenly there's like, yeah, they're afraid of it as well. And mm. so I think it might be a mix of, of both. Like kind of like once that second goal went in, you could just sort of see where it was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they looked sh- yeah rattled. Uh, we're going to talk about Liverpool a little bit more later on, but for now. Um, the last word on them is going to come from a listener. If you'd like to get your questions into us, the email address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. And we've got a few more questions to get through before the end of today's show. For now, Pranav, Pranav Basin uh, asks If Liverpool do win the Champions League, does Virgil van Dijk have a shot at the Ballon d'Or? Oh, definitely. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. to, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been saying recently that sort of Messi is sort of a, a shoe in for it already, but. You know. This is why you were saying a few weeks ago <clears throat> that it was a good thing that Van Dyke was even acknowledged for the PFA one because mm. defenders just don't seem yeah. to get that. Like, why not? Like, Van Dyke, if he's led Liverpool pretty much to two straight Champions League finals, and I know there's other guys in the team, mm. obviously, but he is probably the big difference maker. Of course, he, he has mm. to be in, mm. in the running. I mean, if Modric, Modric basically won the Ballon d'Or because he won the Champions League and yeah. played well at the World Cup, didn't he? So if we're sort of going off that... Yeah, true. Then, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Ballon d'Or, but <laughs> me yeah. neither, I'm really. sure Van, Van Dijk, he's got to be in with a shout. So they're all <laughs> the best. But that's what I was about to say as well. Like Messi and, and, and Alto Ronaldo have won it in years where they, they shouldn't have cause, just because they are the biggest names and people know mm. them and... and it's not always the best player of the year who wins it. Yeah. Like oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it depends if you look at stats or what they've won. Yeah. Like, statistically, yeah, Messi will, by the end of 2019, probably be up there in the start of next season. But has he won much? It's a bit... I just... The Ballon d'Or is just a farce for me. Yeah, but also, it's not, it shouldn't be about winning that much because it's, you know, like how many yeah. titles have you won? Because you can play really, really well and be like maybe the best player in the world. That's what it's supposed mm. to be about. But then it's like, but if your team's 
you know, yeah. not great. <laughs> then and yeah. plus, what happens now? We've got eight, but seven months left of the year, and you can't win any other titles between now and December. Yeah. So <laughs> technically, it's Nations down to, League as well. Okay, but yeah, yeah, but Messi's not in the Nations League. No, right, he's in Copa Van Dyke is. True. It's a French football magazine, though. That's Ballon true. It's nothing to do with actual football. Well, there's also that bloody FIFA the best. Uh, anyway, enough about yeah. these individual awards. I'm sick oh, of them already. Yeah, they annoy me. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could have been forgiven for thinking that the week had perhaps produced enough miracles after what happened on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday night, Spurs came from 3-0 down on aggregate at half-time to draw 3-3 with Ajax and go through to the final on away goals. Matt, did you ever think you would see Spurs in a Champions League final? Never. Mate, I, was, <laughs> I get to the point where I sit with Spurs fans and everyone's got one more story about how they were there earlier and they deserve it more I've been supporting Spurs for 20 years and then people are like yeah I've been 40 years and my dad's like yeah 42 years and everyone's got a story about how they never <laughs> thought they'd see it or they were there when Spurs were you know pretty terrible but they it's must just hate you then that yeah. you're, you're the younger ah oh, this is this is normal uh, I, I think the same with my younger sister uh, she's like oh this is great and I was like you have no idea yeah. she's been a fan for about 10 years I'd say <laughs> and just it just seems it was more surprising is I feel like Spurs have skipped a few levels well this is it all these people have been talking about Pochettino he needs a trophy to sort of yeah. prove his worth and by that they mean the Carabao Cup or something. Yeah. he could win the bloody Champions <laughs> yeah, League yeah this is what I mean it's <laughs> like we've, we've thought mm, League Cup semi-finals just aren't for us yeah yeah you know FA Cup semi-finals now nah, I can't be bothered don't really challenge for the Premier League but when it comes to the biggest one oh yeah let's go for it yeah. like, it's just uh, it's beyond belief but I guess the only answer is it's football <laughs> You can't, you can't predict this stuff, and you can't, you can't piece together how it works and how it doesn't work. It just—it'd be very boring if you could, wouldn't it? Yeah, say, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we um, we talked about our low expectations of Liverpool coming back into their tie. Did anybody expect Spurs to come back at half time? Did you have any hope at all? No, we were shocking in the first half as well. Um, I think the Spurs were pretty poor for the the whole tie, to be honest. The second half of the first leg, they improved. But there was no attacking threat and we had the same problem but then talk about good substitutions decisions Urente was unbelievable mm. changed the game like I've never seen for someone who didn't score and wouldn't grab the headlines because of Moore's hat trick he was phenomenal he completely changed everything and it was something we didn't see in the first half and yeah or in the first game he was almost non-existent yeah then. exactly but he started in the first game yeah but- and it was just I don't know there's something to be said about being a good impact sub and he is one of them and yeah as a, that was the thing it was more of a shock factor as well yeah. if you if you cruise into the, the final it's not quite the same I mean Urante's played for Swansea so he's probably used to sort of uh, you know these sort of back to the wall you know what's funny and I, I think we might have mentioned it last week he has played in every single game in club football yeah Champions League finals World Cup finals European Championship finals there isn't a game that Urante hasn't played in so I just feel like it's sort of a disservice when people are like, oh yeah, he's not great or, you know, he's going to be able to do it. Just think there isn't a match that he hasn't played in or been a part of. Mm. I mean, I think the most shocking thing for me from Spurs' perspective is that they were knackered in the first half. Mm. Well, they looked it anyway. You know, I had to be giving them a run around. They've looked tired recently. They looked tired. Yeah, for weeks. You know, in the Premier yeah. League recently. And so where did that strength come from in the second half? It's probably all from Musa Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> he's got enough for the whole team. I don't know. I feel like that was you know it's weird how football can change within the games but after the first goal it gives everyone a boost you know, and the energy just kind of pushes people on and 
I think the the problem is that sometimes you're made to look a lot less fit than you actually are. If Ajax are popping the ball around and Spurs are like, well, I'm not going to chase it, you know, it's the 20th minute and save my energy, then they look a little bit tired because Ajax have got the ball. But then when you're suddenly on the counter-attack like Spurs were and pushing, I guess they just find it from somewhere, obviously. And yeah, I still can't believe talking about it now. <laughs> I haven't thought of anything else the last two days. Kieran Trippier said Harry Kane went mental at them at half-time. I could only imagine how that sounded. <laughs> Horrible, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, I read that. Apparently he said, is this how you want to be remembered? Yeah. And just started screaming at them and... Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> go on, boys. <laughs> but it's, it's actually weird. Like, every time I've seen Spurs, like, not that often, obviously, because I'm more focused on, like, German football and everything, but they've either, either been really, really, really good or more horrible. Like, they, I've never seen them just, like, a mediocre game where they're just, you know, they... But the, the like form the, recently for Spurs has been shocking. Yeah, Prior to the game, there was 10 away matches, one win, nine losses. Well, that would have been, if they'd lost that game, would have been their 20th defeat of the season in all competitions. That's, that's shocking. Yeah, it's mental. But top four all but confirmed in the Champions League final. It's... Yeah, it's funny old game. <laughs> <laughs> Podrick, we talked um, at great length uh, last week about Ajax's composure was the use we word. Yeah. The, the word we used. Um, what happened to that composure? It just went, didn't it, in the second half? Yeah, I don't know if they they also. It was just the case of these young guys who were just they were already excited about the prospect of we're going to Madrid mm. here. I, I don't know if that got them. And to be fair, Spurs did lift it. And, you know, when you kind of concede a goal out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, Spurs worked well for the first goal, but it just plants that seed of doubt and then for another one comes so soon after it, of course, you kind of panic. But it was crazy that people were saying the whole way through the competition that, oh, they're young and they're playing with this freedom. They haven't been scarred by bad experiences in football. Well, how's that for them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To give yeah. these young guys to carry. But that. if they had been, they might have known how to react better. A bit more but, experience. But they yeah. like they, they were like in, in the first uh, in the home game against Real Madrid. They actually had that thing where they were still keeping on attacking, and then they lost two one with like only a few chances for Real Madrid. Yeah. And they they actually I think they they reacted way better in the in the first game against uh, Spurs because they. In the second half, they started to defend well, and they they yeah, were just counter attacking, and they were like, okay, we want to have this one zero, or even a one one would have been decent result for them. They had the the shot against the post, yeah, and they actually played that really well, and they were basically three goals up. They should have just played it like that, and then they they, they still had the chances, but they they could have defended way yeah. better. But to be fair, I thought they'd kind of. After the two goals came quick, I thought they did weather the storm a bit. Mm. And they, they had chances. Yeah, and they, then they had chances and Ziyech hit the post. And, you know, I thought it did look as if, you know, they, they had, they'd weathered the storm, they'd sought out, they'd done enough. When Was it Vertonghen had the header in like the 94 and a half minutes? You thought, right, that's it. That's, they've done it now. And Onana's booked for time wasting, mm-hmm. even though he didn't even have the ball, <laughs> which was weird. So ball boys have been like a big kind of yeah, thing yeah. this week. The, in the ball Champions boys have won it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Both games. So. Uh, Lucas Moura has flattered to deceive a bit during his Spurs career but is he an automatic Spurs legend after that? Yeah, Ericsson said you should have a statue now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean <clears throat> to score a hat-trick in the Champions League semi-final we... unless someone does it in the final it just doesn't get any bigger than that. Mm. So yeah, I mean the problem with him and 
to some sort of point Son as well is that naturally you'd have them down as wingers very quick very skillful but both of them look far more comfortable in the middle mm-hmm. which when Harry Kane is back becomes an issue because mm-hmm. I mean all three of Lucas's goals were bang on centre yeah. right in the middle of the goal and you know Son's brilliant as well at doing that and his finishes are fantastic and it's really sort of PSG odd. and you do think of that like fast winger just knocking it round one yeah. side of a guy and but, but that's the skill the that you'd thing. expect that's the position you'd expect someone like him to be yeah, playing in yeah. and it's very I don't know it, it was sort of big man little man the way that Moore was was, was bursting past Llorente as I said who you know won everything was, was such an unbelievable difference Llorente mm. Nick Miller said on Twitter Deli Alley wins the Mario Balotelli award for freakishly cool assistant injury time of a shit or bust high pressure game it really was wasn't it his little flick round time I didn't really realise it at the time because when Llorente freaked it on I was kind of jumping and we were half sort of going go on and I have I took me so long to realise after watching the highlights like, oh, wait a minute that was yeah, actually yeah, did yeah. There, yeah. that little flick yeah I guess I was and caught in the you must have thought the chance was gone was it Vertonghen or Alderweireld who had that header free header like and they headed it over in injury time no the, no was, you, was it Urente or Alan? no I think it was I one, it was of, one the of the defenders wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah I think it was Vertonghen yeah for wait Tonga. you're talking about the one where he hit the bar and then flicked it towards the goal or the one in no that one was earlier there was that, that was one it was like time where, yeah, 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 was yeah. Oh, okay maybe yeah. it was yeah yeah when that went over because someone uh, my mates on my right said there's one more chance because there's always one and that was it <laughs> yeah that was I it don't know, yeah. when Barca there wasn't like, there was the, yeah. Yeah. the same yeah. thing that someone said and, and the commentators was like there were going to be one more chance and they, <laughs> they did not get it because we could even <laughs> sense it when we were watching it Helgut like, mm. everyone when Spurs got that corner though everyone was like this is it this yeah. is the chance when it went over the bar you did think yeah close but no cigar <laughs> uh, Pochettino was crying in his post-match interview which was very very uh, heartbreaking to see do you think this is like a real moment of vindication for him you know he's received a lot of criticism we mentioned it earlier people saying he's not won anything yet and yeah. um, you know the job he's done at Spurs is absolutely amazing isn't it yeah 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 absolutely phenomenal and I think I, there's a lot of media attention around it, which I think doesn't necessarily infiltrate into the club and into the players as well. I think it's all sort of made up. There's no way that any of the players are sitting there going, yeah, I'm not going to listen to Poch until he wins a trophy because mm. they're the ones who are trying to win it for him. And the play- and the fans don't think like that. You know, when you see what an amazing job he's done, but the same thing goes for Klopp as well, who hasn't yet won a trophy. And I think Klopp's done an equally fantastic job at Liverpool. You know, and it's... To, to, to have such fine margins in football you can't blame like a whole series of trophies on these fine margins mm. yeah it's almost as if it's hard to win a trophy yeah. in football <laughs> City making it seem easy well yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the thing I, I speak about this all the time especially when there's players oh we need to leave to win a trophy I'm like great so every summer 19 Premier League teams <laughs> need to sell everybody yeah. to Man City because they won the Premier League I mean, don't be daft <laughs> I mean you know what I mean There's there's so much more to it than that uh, Rafael Canedo writes from Guadalajara. He says, do you think this Tottenham model is the model of the future for teams like City and PSG in order for them to win the Champions League? What model? Yeah, well, not buying, not buying players, any players. I don't know if that's a... Going 3-0 down in yeah, the no, semi-final. That, yeah, yeah, even the group stages, but you look back at the group stages, yeah. that Tottenham were reasonably well, somebody lucky said that late Ericsson goal that Wembley lost yeah. the first three games in the group PSV yeah. like got a draw against Inter that they didn't even need 
Because they're already out. Yeah. And were it not for that, and we got to draw the new camp at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So if they do, if teams do all that going forward, yeah, I don't know if it's the quite the it model. To we said about just, a perfect storm for Ajax yeah. last year. It's been yeah, a, bit of a perfect storm. And, and, and this, this is the thing, and we've just touched on it again. I can't personally. I don't look into this stuff in football too much because you just cannot predict it. I mean, there was an interview. I can't remember which manager it was, and they were talking about the fine margins. It's got nothing to do with the club or the players. What if Lucas Moore is knackered? Doesn't make that run. Then Pochettino is a failure. Mm. You're literally taking the whole game and pinpointing one moment, which Pochettino doesn't have control over what goes on in the 95th minute of a game when everyone's knackered. And Yurente wins the flick on or he doesn't. So this whole model business and, you know, United and PSG, well, United beat PSG. So do they have a better model than PSG, but then lost to Barcelona? So then their model's not as good as Barcelona. Like, mm. It's just, it's a game of football. People look into it so much. I mean, yeah, Spurs didn't have a home for 18 months, didn't sign anybody and had a completely thin squad. Yeah. That's not a model to follow. I would not advise any club yeah. being like, that's the right way of doing things. I just think this whole, people are looking far too much into what goes on off the pitch. And, and especially in, in, in time frames that are way too short. It's like, yeah. it's like one year now, like all like all uh, finalists are English teams and it's going like, oh wow, they're like the English football is dominating. Of course there's the most money, but Chelsea got through on penalties. Just, you know, like there's, mm. um, like Liverpool was almost out. And then like the same thing for Tottenham. Like it could have been just one team in the final, and then it's like knockout football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, but what, what's ridiculous is that if you say the Premier League's dominating now, it's not like we're just doing it now. This didn't just happen over one transfer window. And the, the Champions League finalists, Potter and Klopp, have been there five years each. Guardiola's in his third season, mm. right? Arsenal's rise has been, you know, 20 years incoming from Wenger and Emery's taken over and continued it. Chelsea are the only ones who don't have any stability. Mm. Okay, Man United as well, but they're not in a final. So yeah, it's, it's not, there isn't sort of a quick success to it. You don't just have one good transfer window and then dominate. You know, Barcelona have been doing that good because of, you know, Cruyff and everything that went before him. And if you trace that back to Ajax, who are doing well for the last 50 years, it's not, you can't just put, okay, we're changing our models out. It's not like yeah. a bathroom. You can't just get a new one fitted <laughs> and, and suddenly. And <laughs> also, yeah, so like if you have one successful year, it's not that like yeah. the, the, the model. Like, because like, when was it uh, 2013? Everybody's like, oh, Germany, you know, like like the World Cup then in 2014, mm. like they wanted to say, like, this is yeah, how football should be. And like, now we're looking at the Bundesliga. It's like, oh, well, we need yeah. to we're gonna, like, overhaul the whole thing. And then yeah. four years later, when you yeah. get knocked out of the group stage or the last 16, yeah. it's suddenly not the model. So if, if someone, sort of, just if well, someone would have modeled their way of football after Germany they would have you know reached the point of Germany like three years after when it was already on the downfall yeah. just, no like, like find your way like find a coach you believe in and then yeah. you, you give them the best surroundings that your club mm. can give them and like and you look at youth development you look at either like if you have the money then like buy the players but also yeah. buy the like the right players because United has been spending roughly like the same amount as, mm -hmm. as, as City on the and wrong guys at, and, and look at the difference yeah yeah well, two weeks ago we were saying that Ajax was the model to follow, and now you know, <laughs> it's just been proven they're complete frauds, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. That's the only model to follow. Don't be a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Champions League's gone absolutely mad in the past couple of years, hasn't it? Well, why? Can no one defend anymore? Like a 3 0 lead is nothing in the Champions League anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. It just seems like nobody can defend at the moment. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a pressure thing. I think, I think actually it was. Uh, assistant coach of, of Guardiola who explained it quite well at least his idea of why these things happen more and more often is that he said that the big teams are just not used 
to have these pressure situations or to have like a setback within a game and then overcome it because if you look at the leagues where they're just dominating and dominating and like Bayern doesn't have that in the mm -hmm. league or barely has it you have Barcelona has it maybe in a Clasico or whatever but in the other games they they mm. rarely have it then you have Premier League might be a little bit of a difference because you have like teams that are so on, on such equal levels but a lot of the other teams like Juventus is not used to have setbacks in the league they, they, they just win every game yeah. easily yeah. and then as soon as something happens the players don't or forgotten or like they don't really know how to react to it and I think there's some truth to it like you see it like as soon as something changes or like like it like goes against what they have planned they just they just can't mm. really react to yeah, it anymore that's true so you know what my favourite thing about the Champions League semi-final was we didn't talk about VAR once oh, yeah. there was not one yeah. contentious yeah. issue was there you know yeah, last they, round they we talked about it, it for didn't hours they for, it like, felt like the Boris goals was it? No, you have they, to. They go to it for every yeah, goal. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was just like there is no need for for any that you just even cut that yeah. time out. It's crazy that they even look at goals. Mm. Or you yeah. think I think they just have easy. to look at every yeah. big decision. Yeah, just yeah. Sure I'm glad that it didn't have an effect and it was really about the football. <laughs> yeah. There was a part of me that was sort of hoping that Spurs 95th minute winner was going to get chalked off a of VAR. Just, Not that I'm bitter. It's a bit of retribution. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, there was also a part of me that was hoping we'd have the Johan Cruyff final this year, but now we've got the Peter Crouch final instead. Yeah. Or as Peter tweeted himself yesterday, the Oivin Leonardo yeah. derby. I saw that. I was like, wow, I remember him coming to Spurs. <laughs> Jeez. That's um, a long time ago. Kean Gavin has emailed in. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday to you, Kean. Uh, he wants to know who is going to win the 2019 Champions League. Don't, don't. It's a trap, guys. If this week has taught us anything, yeah. well, don't predict. Don't well, I'm asking you for a prediction. I'm, I'm not letting you leave until you give oh. me one, so. Um... It's going to be I, Liverpool as well. I'd, I'd like Spurs to win it, um, but I think Liverpool, they've decent kind of record against them recently, and they pretty much are just a better team than Tottenham, aren't they, if you take it as simply as that. So I'll say Liverpool, but I'm ready to be proven wrong. I assume you're going to say Spurs, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Musa Sissoko to score the winner. <laughs> Go on then, Helga. I have no idea. I mean, it's one of the two, isn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> who's, who's playing the whole game? <laughs> I've got no idea. Like Liverpool, I guess. Like, I'd say they're favourites. Yeah, just. I think like if you just look at betting, they they would probably yeah. be favourites. But I mean, I'm just happy that it's Victor Wanyama against Virgil Van Dijk. Either way, I, I can't <laughs> lose. I've got a horse in. in oh, yeah. oh yeah, Celtic legends, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I think it's also nice that it's going to be a club that hasn't won it in a while or, or not at all. Yeah, yeah. I think that has gotten a little boring recently mm. so I, I was actually already happy when it was the, the, the semi-finalists where it was like okay I would be happy with any of them winning it like Barcelona would have been a little bit boring because you know they wanted more could you be asked if Real Madrid were in it again <laughs> yeah. yeah sick of them bit boring yeah it's like watching I mean, a rerun of all the like another, another Real Madrid Juventus game or yeah <laughs> no, it's nice like this. Well, we've also got uh, two Europa League finalists now. Um, Chelsea prevail on penalties against Eintracht Frankfurt on Thursday evening at Stamford Bridge. Um, Helga, uh, very cruel for Eintracht in the end to lose on penalties, I think, wasn't it? Do you think German football are proud of their efforts in the definitely yeah the, the competition it's, this year? It's unbelievable. And not just the team, also the fans, like the, the whole way they approached it, because they didn't go into it of like oh no we're gonna be tired in the league oh no we're like we have to play so many games oh no this is like we play okay they also had bigger teams they played against but also you know like oh no we like they, they just went at it and never complained still not complaining they, they're just saying like okay we have to figure it out 
but they're just happy to do so and I, and and to just tackle this competition and seeing it as like it's it can be a really nice competition mm. if you were actually in like enjoying it as a, as a as a whole club and just the way like if they would have gone to the final and and won it i think it would have been the most deserved europa league title like just in the in the sense of the teams they beat because it was lazio it was um olympic marseille there was Shakhtar Donetsk, there was benfica there was inter and then they they if they would go through against chelsea and arsenal then it's basically like I mean, you have to say Chelsea and Arsenal have sort of... They don't really want to be there, do they? They'd yeah, rather be in the Champions League. This is makes it worse. They yeah, don't really want to win it now Chelsea so they can be in the Champions almost, League. And they've won it quite recently. I mean, even when they won it under... Was it Benitez, wasn't yeah, it? When they yeah. beat, it seemed like oh, it was... Yeah, it was nice to win a European trophy. But you get the sense Frankfurt fans would really have cared. Mm. That would have meant so much yeah, to yeah. them. It matters so much more yeah. to the other fans than it does to Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah. And you yeah. don't... Some, sometimes I don't blame them because they know they shouldn't be there. They should be the Champions League. Yeah, they're a level above, yeah. Mm. But even so, they're a bit more... But, more respect on but it. Also, I don't know if that's true. Like, there are six teams in, in England, so one of them, like, or two of them have to play the Europa League. And it's kind of yeah, like, they have to. Yeah, but, like, but they are Champions League level. Yeah. Everybody thinks they should be the best, though, don't they? That's yeah, how yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that there was a satirical website in Germany that was suggesting that everybody oh, yeah. team should donate two points to Eintracht so they, Frankfurt. So, which so that they would be champion, yeah. champions. To, to yeah. give them Novel a, idea. To give them a trophy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then we don't want that because if they're in the Champions League, they'll develop that Chelsea Arsenal complex. There. there you go <laughs> yeah, yeah. The exactly yeah um, well taken goal from Luka Jovic on the night as well uh, that was a really good chance for Sebastian Haller in the oh, uh, oh, extra yeah. time wasn't it could have been very different yeah, if that had gone he in. didn't play for so long I think that's probably like if he would have been like in form or like, like in, used to yeah. like, having these, these, these situations still yeah. like he would have scored it but yeah I must admit, I watched the first leg last week and Chelsea sort of dominated that game, dominated the ball. I thought they're not going to have too many problems at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea against this team. They did though, didn't they? Like, it, were, you, were you really impressed with the way Eintracht performed on the night? Yeah, I think Eintracht has, has impressed in every game. They, every time they, they got in, it was kind of like, oh no, now this time they're out. Like, because just the teams were like either bigger names or you had the, the first game in, against Benfica where they lost and you just always figure like, no, now they're out. Like they can't go on, but they somehow dig deep. They they have good players. Like it's not like they are um, there by by fluke or just by pure will. And also that plays a big part. You could you could see them. Like I don't know how they were managing to to get out 120 minutes in the Bundesliga. The the game before. They lost six one against uh, against Leverkusen. They they conceded six goals in thirty six minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, they, that's lo- right. they yeah, looked yeah. knackered. They, as they well. were completely they looked so done. tired. And then and then they come back and they they go one hundred and twenty or like <laughs> even like with extra time like one hundred and thirty yeah. minutes, one hundred and forty minutes against against, against an English team as well, mm. more physical. Yeah, and then Chelsea brings on players like like Iguain. They bring on players like um, was it Pedro and like they, yeah. they, 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 just that was amazing of, of, of yeah. Frankfurt. I mean, the way they did it is kind of like they, they in the second half they they finally attacked further up the pitch. They they actually, I think they they just maybe couldn't. Like they were just too tired mm-hmm. in the first half, and then they just realized okay, this is the only shot that we have. Like and then they did just somehow made it. They they found their the resources mm-hmm. somewhere, but. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Massive. Yeah. But Chelsea won on penalties in the end. Two saves uh, in the shootout from Kepa 
I still haven't worked out how to say his last name. He's been here nearly a year now. Aritha Balaga, is it, or something like that? It's yeah. not bad, that, is Don't it? Know. Not Don't a bad know. effort. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a bit of a redemption for him after what happened in the Carabao Cup? I mean, there was no chance of uh, Willie Caballero coming on this yeah, time, was Yeah, I kind of, I think the only reason he maybe didn't, he's already used all of his subs, hadn't he? <laughs> because I would have, that would have been funny if he did, Sarri had the balls to do it again. But... Uh, <laughs> The saves were, especially the first save, I mean, that, that one almost snuck through his legs. His legs were... That was one of the weirdest penalties I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. On. So yeah. weird. Just, like, yeah. smashed it straight at him. Yeah, and almost... The power was almost enough to yeah. see it creep through, but it didn't, yeah. He I was, don't know if he's quite the hero. Okay. He was brilliant, though, Hinteregger, yeah. I have to say. Mm. Unbelievable performance. For I've, someone who's come from, sorry, a nearly relegated side in Augsburg. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He's on the market. Yeah. I've got Tottenham's looking at some <laughs> <picks> now. <laughs> Last time we bought an Austrian defender was Kevin Wimmer, and that did not turn yeah, out so well. Yeah. <laughs> I've got pretty good form when it comes to telling whether a player's going to miss or score a penalty just based on their facial expression yeah. as they step up. And paciencia. Knew he was it's funny you should, that, that I turned to someone in the office last night and said the exact same thing when he was walking up you're right you could just know sometimes mm. he, he's just bricking it here mm. he just doesn't want doesn't want to take this and it's just yeah it and okay. you knew Hazard was going to score he yeah just he's just yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just the little run up yeah <laughs> uh, Maurizio Sarri is the first non-caretaker manager to guide Chelsea to a European final in the Roman Abramovich era it's not been a bad first season for him after all is you know all the stuff that's gone on the fuck yeah. Sarri ball and all that stuff yeah, you know third in the Premier League European final uh, domestic cup final exactly like you're almost looking at now you, you see for? that yeah, it's, yeah. It's, especially where they came from last season you're like and it's not as if he's just this like the style of football he's trying to play that's something that's obviously going to take time as well to pull off what he's did the like you said the League Cup final quite unlucky I suppose as well to lose that when you lose a game on penalties the secured Champions League football with a week to go when just a few weeks ago we were saying oh this top four race is going to come down to last weekend and he's did that and now a European final yeah I agree that like what more the, the critics of Sari want if he if he goes in the summer then I've just I've lost all hope with him because <laughs> he, he deserves and he said he wants to say so he deserves the chance I think with the with the transfer ban I don't think they'll get rid of him because yeah. no one's going to want to come in job, if yeah, they yeah. can't change a squad until Lampard next summer might take it but other than that mm. yeah as if they go up yeah I think the problem with Chelsea this season is that a lot of people went into the season Chelsea fans and you know a few pundits and stuff thinking that they had a chance of winning the league and I don't think they ever had a chance of winning it this, this season Sarri was appointed too late in the summer there was too much of a sort of culture change that was mm. required at the club with his style of play and stuff it yeah. was always going to take a season to get used to that particularly when you see what the top two have done how could any other team oh, I mean, right, we're spoiled yeah. to have two teams yeah. on that many points a third one getting close I, I think there's actually a big problem that's going to face a lot of teams now and even in the top six is that no one can attract players like the top ones can even when you talk about De Ligt going right from Ajax I genuinely think there is nowhere he's going to go apart from Barcelona He's just not going to go. Mm. Liverpool, they're not so guaranteed to be successful, even though they've had a great season. You know, this is their first good season in the Premier League for about six years. And yeah, okay, two Champions League finals back to back. Um, aside from that, Manchester City, the ones looking off them the money. But, you know, let's talk about him going to Bayern or Juve, competitive wise in the league. 
know, he's already done that lark mm. with Ajax, right? I, I just think when it comes to the likes of Chelsea, who are they going to be able to attract? If they're that good, City or Liverpool want them. And if they're not that good, they're not going to improve the squad. Mm. Yeah, you're caught Pochettino speaks about it place, all yeah. the time about attracting the right person and a lot of Spurs fans I saw on Twitter saying oh we want you know Jack Grealish and Jared Bowen from Hull mm. what is this nonsense and I'm thinking you know what they're probably the only ones who can join you know what I'd love Nicolas Pepe Hakim Ziyech and you know Zaniola from Roma but if they're that good and they're worth 80 to 100 million mm. Someone else is going to come in for them. Players have got clubs have got to look for these hidden gems now. Haven't yeah, they? that that's yeah. that's the issue, and I can't. There are so few teams who can just take the big guys. Mm. It's going to be a struggle, I think, to yeah. to convince convince people to to stay at first and even to join in the first place. Yeah, I think it's they, in that sense they're going back to the model of of Tottenham. I think a lot of clubs will have to go back to it because it's just going to be so... I think Wenger already said it as well. Like, like, like transfers are not going to happen that often anymore. Like Either player contracts expire and then they leave mm. or um, they don't leave at all. Because like, I think Reschke as well said it when he was at Bayern. Like, you have to find players either very, very young or when they are... Um, uh, they, they, they are in your team already or you, you build them yourselves because mm. otherwise you have to pay mm. ridiculous amounts of money because Bayern right now has like they go oh we want to rebuild the squad mm. we want to have like young players really good players they have about 200 million on, on the bank like, on the bank how like how many really world class players would they get with that like normally it's two yeah And who are they going to sign if he's that good? Barca aren't going to be interested. Yeah. That's the, the problem. People just take, and you don't blame them for it, but it's so difficult. This is why Bayern often look within the Bundesliga yeah. for free transfers, like Sugretzka and Sula and others. Because, and Timo Werner as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one's going to come in for them, but they're kind of gambling and hoping they'll be good enough. And mm. sometimes they backfire, sometimes they do really well. Other times they don't. Other times you end up paying 35 million for Renato Sanchez and that doesn't work <laughs> out. So it's it's going to be very, very complicated, the whole transfer market. And when you've got a ban, maybe that's a... <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a chance for Chelsea to look to some youth rather yeah. than getting it's caught up It's not as if all. they don't have youth at the club. I mean, if there's one club who a transfer yeah. ban shouldn't affect, they've got they've so got many young, young players. players just waiting for a chance. Maybe it'll so, be a blessing. Yeah. Uh, well, elsewhere, as we predicted last week, Valencia's shoddy defence was unable to contain Arsenal's attack. The Gunners are through to the final thanks to a 4-2 win on the night. They won 7-3 on aggregate over the two legs. Um, so we've got the uh, the Petacek derby. Is that what we're calling this one? Petacek. The William Galas derby. The Emmanuel Petit derby. I couldn't think of any of the players. Yossi Benayoun. Did he play for both? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He played quite a few I teams. Forgot he, I always forget forget he played for Arsenal, actually. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. got to be way more in there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Gary Lineker rightly pointed out on Twitter, for the first time in European club football history, all four finalists are from one country, and that country is England. Helga, we football told you football was coming home, home last summer. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't believe us. And now, four teams made up mostly of foreign players are going to be playing in the... <laughs> None with an English manager. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when Freddy Bobic was saying after the game there weren't enough English players in in the Chelsea squad for Eintracht to win the, the penalty shootout hey. <laughs> <laughs> very true well these two European finals it's a bit like uh, with, with English teams being in it it feels a bit like to me going a holiday to Benidorm and uh, all you eat is fish and chips all week you sort of it's sort of like you're going abroad but like you, you're still you know you're just watching the, yeah. the same thing home, really. it's a home from home yeah um, do, do we think it's just a coincidence that the, the year VAR is introduced that uh, English teams <laughs> prevail in Europe well it's not in Europe cheating foreigners though. suddenly ever it's not in Europe <laughs> League, is it? 
No. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that, yeah. To be fair, <laughs> no, but to be fair, it's actually helped Spurs against Man City. So yeah. one, one English team but was going through. But then even if City had got through, it was another English team. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kieran Gills pointed out on Twitter that UEFA's allocations mean a grand total of 45,226 Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and Tottenham fans will get to watch their teams play in the Champions League and Europa League finals. I mean, this is nothing new. It's been happening every year. Oh. I think they've got 6,000 tickets each for the Europa League final in Baku in Azerbaijan it's a disgrace though isn't it as long as Matt gets one as long as I'll I'll be be fine for a ticket for Spurs because there's about 16,500 each around that number Um, and yeah I'll, I'll have one for the final but it's a joke it's a complete and utter disgrace that this is what they pride themselves on this is what they sell to the TV companies this is what they sell to fans around the world come and experience the game the atmosphere the experience it's going to be nothing there's 68,000 in the stadium in Baku mm. 12,000 fans from both sides altogether. how I don't I see how it's going with the money involved <clears throat> but I just don't I don't see how they can justify it from anything mm. I mean there's a few hundred going to players families and yeah you know what if you're the main sponsor great have a box here and there but just to get to ask fans to come all that way and just it just makes it feel nothing. like it's a TV spectacle the Champions League yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great TV spectacle yeah. it's been brilliant drama this week you know you can stick your Game of Thrones up your arse as far as I'm concerned <laughs> this, Absolutely. Is, this is it isn't it but like you know if you get to a Champions League final you, you don't have any chance of going to watch your team play in it it's just wrong for me that. yeah and you know when people pay thousands just to go and you know sample the atmosphere that tells you what it's all about if you're willing to pay so much money to go and spend the time with your friends you know in the square drinking and having you know a jolly up for a few days that's because you're going for the atmosphere so why ruin that mm. by then saying oh no there's going to be you know 50,000 suits at a final who are just there to sweeten each other's clients up it's just mm. it's the one thing I'm so embarrassed and I despise the most about football at the moment it's just a disgrace yep um, can I trouble any of you for a prediction for this final or is that too much to ask I think Arsenal are going to yeah. beat them quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going for Arsenal. Two or three nil job. Chelsea have the the Messi complex. So if Hazard's off his game, mm. the rest of them I don't see staying up. Higuain definitely not. Um, uh, it's a big game, of course. It's a final, so if yeah, Higuain I mean, is playing with, with the way Lacazette and Bamiyang were playing. Yeah, it's going to be goals. Both <laughs> defensively aren't fantastic <laughs> so I think yeah there'll be goals for sure I'd go for Chelsea personally if I had to put money on it I'll go oh. um. doesn't know doesn't care no nope. <laughs> <laughs> football's home yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no um, well um, before we move on to this weekend's Premier League finale it would be remiss of me not to mention Vincent Company's goal against Leicester on Monday night <gasps> Monday night Dan Monday. It seems like about four years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it really football ages you incredibly quickly. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Puskiller has written in. He wants to know how I reacted to the goal. Um, I've only just stopped screaming. I think, to be honest, um, we need a Dan Cam for the. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely yeah. do. <laughs> uh, given the context of that goal, what it could potentially mean in terms of City winning the league, do you think that's the goal of the season in the Premier League? I'm still going to go for Andros Townsend's volley against City. Yeah, fair enough. That was fair, just... Because yeah. that may be the goal that decides the title race, depending well, on... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know. Yeah. I mean, for the, for the story behind it, company, yes. And for the fact it's a defender. 
But the Townsend just objectively as a goal is just out of this world. Well, I was watching that game on Monday and I was sort of at the point where I just reached the point where I thought City aren't going to score here. Yeah. This is not going to happen. And I think my lowest ebb on the night was when I saw a company lining up to shoot. I was like, oh, don't shoot. Oh, nice one. <laughs> well, the same thing for, like, for Aguero, no? He's, he told yeah, him, he don't shoot, don't yeah, shoot. Yeah, and then he told him, to shoot. There's no yeah. way you just went, oh, nice one. There's no way you were that <laughs> yeah. calm about not, it. Not like that. That yeah. will do. My, no, yeah. for another. Oh, brilliant. One more, please. Vincent. I might have said a few things, but again, this is a family show, yeah. so I won't repeat them. At least you saw the goal, though. Did you see the the clip of that one? Oh, that fella goes to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I saw that. Oh, you should never God. leave during a game. I, mate. I know. Yeah. I've never done it in my life, and I don't understand mm. people that I wouldn't go to the toilet. I wouldn't leave a game early. Just, just hold it in. Yeah, like yeah. <sighs> just let it go, man. People I'll understand. It, yeah, <laughs> no, but what about getting a beer? That's that's important. You can't do that during not the game. in England. Know, not in England. Yeah. 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 So sad. Uh, well, that result means City now just have to beat Brighton away on Sunday to guarantee a second successive league title. Uh, Chris Collins is a Liverpool fan in Sydney. He wants to know if Matty Ryan is going to have a blinder and stop City winning the league on Sunday. Ooh, I just think that City have shown that even when teams sit back and defend, they still find a way. There's been one nils against... Is it Leicester against Burnley by millimetres? Mm-hmm. Tottenham. Um, Tottenham recently. Like City are doing what champions do. Grinding it out. Yeah, grinding yeah, it I think out. This and is, even like, if Brighton... since the 6-0 against Chelsea, they've not won a game by more than two goals. They really like really working. Yeah, working so Ryan hard. can have the blinder that he wants, but they're still <laughs> I think it's still going to end up with City. I, I, love too we, good. I love how we talked about that predicting stuff never works out, and then we're sitting here like, yeah, no, this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of all the predictions, City to win. I think both of them will win. I think City and Liverpool Probably, will both yeah. win at the weekend. Yeah, um, I imagine so. If well, there's more chance for slip up, it's going to be Liverpool. Wins. Yeah, you would think. I was going to ask yeah. that. I mean, there was a lot of talk in the build up to the City Leicester game about what damage Leicester could mm. do to City. Now there's talk about, well, how are Brighton going to, you know, they're going to want to win the last game of the season. Wolves at home isn't by no means a gimme. They've got a yeah, great record people against just the seem top to have six. Been, it's City people have been picking on. Maybe it's just people want the, the big weight for Liverpool to win the league. Yeah. Team. But it's always been, oh, where can City drop points? Mm. Where can City yeah. slip? It's never been. Newcastle was a hard place to go last mm. weekend. But yeah, they almost, yeah, they yeah, almost, they, they threw almost it away. Threw, but it didn't seem to be any kind of sense of. I saw, I saw someone commenting on one of our videos saying why won't City just drop points yeah. and I was thinking why won't Liverpool just drop points yeah. like, how can you just yeah. yeah it's almost like Liverpool have been like a fly like yeah. just get rid of it swatting it away and it just it, keeps it, coming it's back, almost yeah. like I can't wait for City to drop points and clear the way so we can just keep winning it's like you've got to win your games as well you yeah. know like Wolves yeah. can also do a bit of damage I wouldn't put it past Wolves to pick up a point at all yeah Funnily yeah. enough, they've beaten all four European finalists this season. That's correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chelsea, yeah, Arsenal, Liverpool and Spurs, yeah. Champions of Give Europe. Give the trophy to them, the real <laughs> champions of Europe. But were they not, was that not Wolves' big claim in like the 50s before the European Cup was introduced? I think Wolves, I see, recall that somewhere that that was their big thing. We were the best team in Europe and then they brought in oh, really? the European Cup to, okay. Until we it. had to prove it, yeah. Yeah, and then Real Madrid decided yeah, Madrid, they were the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will have... Um, a degree of sympathy for Liverpool if they end up with 97 points and don't win the mm, league it's yeah, been a phenomenal yeah. effort for them do you think if City win the league and Liverpool win the Champions League that would be a fair outcome a fair sort of compromise for both teams after yeah probably but they, I mean, they both had exceptional seasons haven't they domestic treble could be on for City so correct yeah, what's yeah. funny is I was reading about it the other day there's almost a sense of that's still not the Champions League 
Like if City win the treble and Liverpool win the Champions League, who's had the best? It was season? described as a bittersweet treble. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you as a City fan that is absolute nonsense. Yeah, there's, 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 there's no way any of us are yeah. that bothered about when, about having gone out of the Champions League if we win a treble. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nonsense. Um, people have been saying about this title race. Uh, you know, it's been two of the strongest teams in Premier League history going toe to toe all season. It could end, you know, one point, but people have been saying there's not really been a twist. And it can't really be considered a true classic, if that's yeah. the case. Do you, do you agree with that? Because they keep winning. Yeah, it, it's almost as if the two teams are being punished in that way because they're so good. It's like, what would you have preferred? Both to drop points here and there and show a bit of vulnerability? Which they kind of have in some games, like City of Burnley away and stuff. That you've thought, oh, maybe. But, yeah, it's not their fault that they're so good. And, but I can see, I definitely can see the argument that a few defeats here and there and the gap widening and then mm. closing it, it happens so early yeah it feels season. so weird that City are potentially going to win the league having lost four games and Liverpool are not going to win the league having only lost one game yeah which just shows you don't draw like Spurs haven't drawn hardly any games one. this season have they yeah just so you know they're going to finish fourth probably one game and they've lost 13 yeah which is shocking but still going to finish fourth potentially third depending on what Chelsea do mm. So, so there you go yeah that's <laughs> don't draw go for the winner it makes it more exciting <laughs> yeah. American sports yeah. well we're almost out of time this week uh, the final thought is going to come from uh, Joel Forker who writes in from Cleveland Ohio he says if City and Bayern win their respective league titles all of last season's champions of Europe's top five leagues will have retained their crowns he wants to know what this is about the direction of modern football is headed do you think this strengthens the argument for European Super League do you think the majority of people will be in favour of having more competitive domestic leagues by sacrificing the inclusion of the top clubs Helga <laughs> Uh, down the crapper. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where football is, is heading. No, it's, it's it's just it's a big problem. Like the, the national leagues, it's just there's so much difference in in, in money. Like look at we look at Bayern for example. Kovac is complaining that he gets criticized even though he's winning the the, the double. But just that's what you have to do if you spend a hundred million more euros on players alone mm-hmm. on the wages than the second most team. If you're spending basically like ten times more than in the, than the last of the league, and you actually tie against uh, Nuremberg, that's, that's that's just not how it, how it goes. Like you were expected to win by fifteen, twenty goals because that's what, like the money difference there. And in regards to European Super League, I think in in the end I would just go for do it. Like the national leagues, uh, personally, like domestic leagues to me, like that. At least the German one is, is boring as hell. Mm. No, no one wins it. Even even when a team comes close, like Dortmund, in the end, I think Lewis has been saying this for half a year. Like, like it's not enough. Like they're gonna catch us at some point. They they buy on one thirteen games out of fourteen mm. at some point. Even with an older squad, even with a coach that is maybe not the greatest for them, they they're still winning the league. And I don't know. I'm I'm tired of it. I got to say, but yeah. I don't know if the European Super League is going to change much because then we have those games like all the time, and it's going to become a TV competition as yeah, well. Exactly. Where it's like the and that just devalues all the leagues. Then doesn't yeah. it, basically, then Bundes- winning the Bundesliga doesn't really mean that much. It's like yeah, but yeah. now like now nobody is winning it except except for Bayern. They're not celebrating it. Mm. Yeah, but then it, you go to this European Super League. <clears throat> it could easily be Bayern. Like there's going to have to be 
big clubs that perform badly in mm. this European Super League that won't like it. I mean, this is why they but push the, for the it. sort of the the um, the idea behind it is that there'll be no relegation, will this? Well, yeah, it's that's sort a of closed shop. Irrelevant, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you saw the um, the New York Times. I believe it was. I've got hold of some leaked documents from UEFA this week about the proposals for the Champions League, and they're talking about having promotion and relegation and all this sort of thing. And it's basically they, they want the Champions League to have certain clubs will be guaranteed to be in it all the time the biggest clubs in Europe but, but this is the thing that that's what's different with American sports that you don't get promoted or relegated so mm. I think it's completely different but I personally I think that as I do with most things that are off the pitch I think it's a load of nonsense <laughs> I just think people just enjoy football I mean because there's so many examples that yeah what there's teams who dominate league great United won those trophies in the 90s great the European Cup started off with Real Madrid winning five in a row or four in a row right the Dutch league is ridiculously easy for the top two teams and everyone's been so far up Ajax this season they love it so what I mean, it, it's just football what happens and then suddenly Leicester comes and everyone loves it again. And They, they haven't had back-to-back titles in the Premier League in 10 years. So you can't tell me it's getting boring. The Premier League doesn't, but the rest is. Yeah, but, but the, the rest of it, well, yeah, they've got stronger, you know, stronger positions, stronger players and whatever. And, you know, I, I get it that obviously Barcelona wins, you know, most of the trophies and Juve and whoever. But it, I, I just think it comes down to what's really going to benefit as a fan in the long run I'm still going to support Tottenham yeah you're telling me that suddenly all like I don't know Freiburg fans and you know Utrecht fans are going to rip off their top and put in an Ajax jersey you're still going to enjoy the football as long as your football's still there and you're still enjoying it I'm I'm pretty certain that it's not Look, if the Super League happens I'll be devastated as I say because it will devalue the other competitions and it will change the order of football but there's a reason why so many people love it and so many people are fans of so many different teams so I just I blame you Matt it's Tottenham have got to the Champions yeah. League final and they've thought right no more of this yeah. we have to yeah, keep these things we cannot have that it's <laughs> the thing who would have thought that who would have thought the Spurs got to final yeah. great it's happened do you know what it may not happen again for 30 years but it's happened now and I'm enjoying it and if other teams continue to dominate, well, there'll be a, there'll be a time comes when they mm. don't. So, don't worry, be happy. That's probably the <laughs> exactly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Probably a good place to leave the show <laughs> uh, this week as well. So, thank you to Podrig, Matt, and Helga for joining me. Thank you to you for listening at home. We're probably going to be coming to you a little bit earlier in the week next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that, and we'll see you then. I'm